This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Look at that, Max Homa, winning another tournament when nobody's watching, <laughs> but looking like a snack. As you know, if you listened last week to Big Drive Energy, which you should be listening every single week and following us, following along with us live on YouTube Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Maybe zone. a little bit later when I hit traffic. Yeah, it, uh, that's a generic time. That yeah, it's every week I pretty now, much hit so. traffic. Uh, I sit at these two lights on York Street for. 10 15 minutes or coal or no way university i don't even know what the fuck road Dude, it is that was one of the greatest things about covid was no traffic and now you hit traffic and it's like the world's ending you can't say there's anything good about covid is that against the rules oh uh, yeah probably <laughs> but yeah no some of the was, some of the okay one of the good silver linings the silver lining of people no being traffic. at home more there's yeah. less traffic and now it's a night. It's a fucking nightmare. I, I'm like, super bad about like telling people when I'm leaving. That's probably one of my biggest downfalls. Or telling like I think I got to work one day from downtown Denver to the Valley of Fun in Elizabeth in like 42 minutes. So now my fucking head thinks that I can make like, it in 42 I can make minutes it in 42 every day. Minutes every time. Yeah. No, and it takes an hour and ten sometimes. It just doesn't work spend. like that. Doesn't work like that. So. Obviously, this is Big Drive Energy. I am your host at Big Drive Spence over here at Big Drive Mitch, my brother Mitchell Smith. What is up? Uh, this week, we got a, a lot to talk about in the golf world. First, uh, we're going to start off with a little Max Homa winning his fourth PGA Tour or his fourth overall worldwide event, which is more than a lot of players. We'll get into that yeah. um, over the last, since 2019. So pretty impressive. When he last won the Wells Fargo, correct? Yeah. Pretty yeah. impressive from Max Homa. Mitchell called it on the show, so I didn't sure. like scream it from the rooftops, but I if I mean we we posted the clip on our social if you want to check that out. I said something to the effect of it's kind of a weak field and not a lot of people are watching, so why would Max Homa win? Because it feels like that's when he wins, and that's not a knock. But you saw the group that was following them on Sunday. I could probably count them like when they were standing there. There was like 30 or 40 people, and I know the weather was shitty, don't get me wrong, but I don't know why there just wasn't that many spectators there, and that's where Homa seems to thrive is when nobody's watching. Well, the funny <laughs> part about going through the pod and trying to find that clip of when you talked about Homa, because uh, we were kind of all over the place, but if, if you're no if this your first time listening, that <laughs> that's kind of our MO is... Uh, yeah, Spencer texts me and goes, I can't find the clip. I was like, keep going. It's there. It's going to be there somewhere. So we found it, but we were talking about the Wells Fargo Championship, and you were talking about the fact that it was kind of weird that there's an East Coast tournament right now because of the weather. Uh-huh. And it was shit. Yeah. But it made for a super fun I event. I was right. Because Homa won at, I it believe, 9-under. Like, yeah. So it, it was cool. Once again, going, going back to the conversation we've had on this podcast before, I thought it was a lot more fun to watch than a guy shooting 32 under. Oh, for sure, yeah. They were struggling to make pars. Their scorecards were all over the place. And the other thing about the course they played on, what was it, Avenal Ranch? Avenal, Avenal Farms. Avenal Farms. Um, it has, Farms. It's, it had some of the hardest holes on the PGA Tour and some of the easiest, which I think is a pretty cool mix. Because there's like, I think, was is it 18? 18 is super hard. There's another par four that played like the second hardest hole on all of tour last year. So their scoring average is like 4.8 or 4.9. So you can almost write them down for a bogey there. But then there, I think there's a drivable par four. The par fives were somewhat gettable. Um, but the weather kind of was the, the deciding factor and the ultimate 
um, equalizer, I guess you could say, over the weekend. And Homa, like, Keegan Bradley came out of nowhere Saturday, shot 67, correct? When everybody was going backwards. Nobody was shooting under par. Bradley shot 67 to put himself in contention. And Bradley hasn't won since uh, 2018, I want to say. So it's been a minute for him. And even though he's had quite a few high finishes, I still think he really wanted to get back in the winner's circle, obviously. Um, but he battled all day. Him and Homa went back and forth. Like They showed they went, it went from a three-shot deficit to they were tied to Keegan was actually leading for a period of the final round. And then you drop a shot and Homa would make birdie. And they just went back and forth all day, but ultimately Homa outlasted him. He made a clutch, a few clutch uh, putts there, and a few clutch birdies coming coming down the stretch. I think he birdied seventeen to put himself two to separate himself by two. Sixteen was it? Sixteen? Okay. Yeah, there was a. I believe there was three two shot swings on just one hole on just Sunday between yeah. Keegan and Max. Yeah, going at it. Lots and of birdies, lots of bogeys. And um, impressive stuff from our your one of your other guys, Cam Young. He, sh- it's just crazy to think like a guy that shot four under on a Sunday and he was two under ends up finishing t second. So he fin- a, he shot six under total. Yeah, six under okay, total. Yeah, four. And he's second in a PGA Tour event that's not a U.S. Open. Took a giant bite out of that entire leaderboard in one on one Sunday, and that's why betting golf is so wild because you have players like. A Ches Reavy, for instance, or let's say uh, Mackenzie Hughes. He was one over par going into Sunday, shoots three under, and finishes in the top ten. Yeah. So that's why tournaments like that are talking so much about more... backdooring it. Yeah. He he was like sh- opening up the screen door, <laughs> going through the doggy door any way he could to get in the back door. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, when tournaments are that much tighter, it's a lot of fun. When a guy makes a birdie, he moves up. He goes from 29th place to 13th place. Like, it's crazy how much less room there is on the leaderboard where it just gets so stacked up where there's four or five guys. And even, I mean, Keegan Bradley made bogey on 18. I think that lost him $300,000 because he went into a three-way tie for second at that point instead of solo second. And if I remember correctly, solo second was making like 980 grand. Third place was making like 640. And fourth place was making uh, three twenty or something like that. So you combine all those up, average them out. He lost probably three three hundred fifty grand just making bogey on eighteen. That's got to make you sick. So you go from potentially making one point six or one point eight, one point six, one point six, like Max made. He to I mean he kind of lost a million dollars right there, which is insane to wrap your head around. But he. Uh, he, he played hard all day. He ended up shooting two over. And that's the other crazy thing when you watch those tournaments is it's it's so frustrating when you're watching that golf and you're not going through it because he grinded his ass off for 18 holes and shot two over. And you're like, you, you did all of that just to shoot two over. But then when you're in the middle of it, you're like, I worked my ass off for that two over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I worked – I fucking busted it to shoot 74 when you look on the tv you're like what a fucking hack he shot 74 you know <laughs> sitting there with the bag There's, of chips like on your chest yeah like, oh I, my god i can't believe you made another bogey oh I, i'm the armchair quarterback i was doing that i was laying on the couch i was like what kind of fucking shot like keegan bradley chunked this pitching wedge on sunday um that was when he made bogey on like six or seven and he just laid the sod over it like it was 20 yards short of the green i was like what a fucking hack and then i looked at myself and like wiped the Frito dust off my chest, and I was like, fucking A, I got to shut up. Well, yeah, it's so bad when you've when you've gotten to a fair, um, hit a fair amount of good golf shots. Like, I, I won't say it's an outstanding amount for me, <laughs> but there's been a few here and there, and talking about, like, Max Homa on 17 on Sunday, he, like, bailed out way left, mm-hmm. and I was like, you little bitch. Like, I just thinking, you know... <laughs> I would have done the exact same thing and probably You would have done it, it worse. Yeah, oh, 100% worse. I would have been oh, probably 20 yards short of the green, but it was a super tough par three. Keegan hit an okay shot in there but missed the green, and then Max just bails that way left, two putts for par. But when you have a, a two, I believe it was a two shot or a I one shot. I thought Keegan lead. hit in the water. No, he almost hit in the water. Yeah, it was very he, close yeah. to the water, but it ended up being good. And, and that's where 
sometimes yeah, he almost made that putt or yeah. he putted it and almost made it exactly and sometimes well and homo almost made that one too he did yeah and sometimes when you're leading especially in a tournament with tougher conditions like that like we saw or we saw this at the players too is it's nice to sometimes get have the other guy have the tee box for a while oh for because sure you're seeing like max seeing that guaranteed was like okay that was really close they both thought, you know, even the announcers thought it was really good off the tee. They're like, that's right at the flag. That's going to be close. He was borderline in a, in a penalty area and, and really short. So yeah. it changes the way you play. It's it's almost like a, a match play at that point when it gets For to For sure, Sunday. when it's just two guys in contention, you're, you're basically playing against him. Well, and I think that's where Keegan, I mean, on 18, he was definitely going for the win. But it's like, dude, just make par there. You have solo second. Like, I know you're trying to make birdie or whatever, and he, he did drive in a bad spot. He had a horrible lie in the fairway bunker. So that's what kind of hosed him. I don't necessarily think he was trying to make bogey by any means, but he probably could have played it a little more safely, tried to make just a, a four, and gotten out of there with a almost million-dollar check when instead he loses that three hundred grand right there, you know? So it's it's that tough thing, too, where... You obviously are trying to win the event, but at the end of the day, that second, that solo second looks pretty good in the bank account and on the FedEx Cup. So, yeah. Well, do you think, wh- where do you think you draw that line? Is it because Keegan, like, Keegan's won a lot, not, I mean, a good amount of A fair he, amount, he's yeah. He's not a guy that's just knocking it around, hitting top 20s, top 40s, and staying, keeping his tour card. He's won a good amount and then going down, but don't you think he'd be at a point personally? Where he'd be looking at that solo second and think, oh, shit, that's probably good. That's or, where I think the point he's at. Like, I think, like you said, or like I said, he hasn't won in four or five years. I think second place means a lot, especially with how big the purses are now. Like, that's almost a million-dollar check. So solo second is a solo second no matter how you slice it. You yeah, know? but do you – I guess I should ask, do you think it outweighs the idea of him winning another event? Do you think his his mindset is different than because he's won events in the past that he's like, all right, I have to do everything I can to try to win this event and not really think doesn't really think about the repercussions of making a, a big number on that hole and losing himself. A yeah, money. probably. I mean, because once you win a few times, I think it's more about your legacy and, and wins. You know, nobody I can ask you any tournament last year and ask you finish second. You have no clue. You know, like nobody gives a shit about second. They do because they're obviously making the money. But at the end of the day, nobody remembers anybody that finishes second. So besides a select few. Um, But yeah, I definitely think he wanted to win. It just didn't happen for him. He grinded it out on Sunday and and Max came away with the dubs. So shout out Max. Um, And he what I love about Max and it's it's kind of like he's in this transitioning phase where he was like the guy that everybody loved to laugh at. Like he's always the the brunt of the joke kind of dude where everyone's like, Oh, your wins don't mean anything. This and that you're, you know, even when he wins, he's like, Oh, I won the Fortnite championship and he's very self deprecating. But now he's won four times on tour. Like you said, there isn't that many guys that have done that recently. So he's kind of in this upper echelon of PGA tour players somehow, but he still, like it still seems like he's not there you know because he he isn't like yeah i'm the shit i'm i i play well every week because he just admits when he plays bad and he's he self-owns everything yeah which i think is awesome yeah and that's why he's so lovable on twitter and i'm gonna go to a few tweets here uh, of his from over the years just to kind of get a look into max's best moments or his funniest twitter moments but i want to read this tweet real quick from kyle porter cbs covers golf and this is what we alluded to a little bit earlier since the start of 2021 max homa has more worldwide wins than rory john rom jordan spieth justin thomas bryson DeChambeau, dustin johnson xander shoffley and brooks kepka that's wild that and just like that's like a year and a half of like calendar months, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Since the start of 2021, wow. I would assume he's talking the calendar year, not yeah. the PGA Tour year. That's fucking insane. But that it's crazy because think nobody thinks of him like that. Like, look at his odds week in and week out. He was plus. I mean, he was plus 2800 this week in because it was a little field, bit weaker though. field. Yeah, but every week you see Rory at the top of that, and like we talked about before the tournament started. Why bet on Rory? His uh, and he finished third. I think he finished third or fourth. So 
Top 10 was money. Top 5 was money. He finished 5th, yeah. Oh, okay. He finished 5th. Another Sunday Rory charge when he's out of it. Yeah. Classic. The king of that shit. Um, but yeah, that Max is very, very low-key becoming like an elite player on tour that you, you kind of have to look out for. But I think he does need to take that next step and win like... Uh, I mean, that's the thing is every PGA Tour event's legit. It wasn't a opposite field. It wasn't something like that. But either win a WGC or contended a major... Something like that to just back it up. And it gets to the point where it's like, where does he need to keep backing it up? He's won four times in three years. Right. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, exactly. Just because they're tournaments that not everybody's maybe fully tuned into doesn't change the severity of the fact that he's actually won four times. Now, if he got yeah. second four times, who cares? Also, I have to say on Cameron Young, he's going to win. I'm going to book it right here. He's going to win at some point in the next month. I think he's playing. Wait, he could win this upcoming week. Maybe he's my guy. Maybe I'm rolling with him for the Byron Nelson. Yeah, we'll get. Well, so we'll get to our Byron Nelson picks and give you guys some uh, tour players to look out for this week up down there in McKinney, Texas. Another Texas event. Jordan yeah. Spieth's fifth major. Yeah, um, he's gonna win. Well, no, he's not because Cameron Young's gonna win. Never mind. But so, all right, we got the Byron Nelson. Then we got next week. Make sure you guys are tuning in uh, to the YouTube. We'll be going live. Next, not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday, PGA Championship. Um, Southern Hills. Talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger's got to win, right? Because he got all those tips from the head pro. Yeah, we don't want to get into that again. That, Fuck that. That went south pretty quick. So, <laughs> all right, so we've got the AT&T Byron Nelson in Texas. We've got Southern Hills PGA Championship in Oklahoma. We've got the Charles Schwab Challenge in Texas as well. And then we've got the Memorial in, I'll give you through June. Give you through June fifth at Mirfield. Okay. So Cameron Young is going to win one of these four tournaments. He's playing too good right now, not to man. He his ball striking is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and he's a guy that hasn't won yet. So every, but he's always there. Like, and was, I think he's like what twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, he was a he's, dude for a month on tour. that's just like, oh, Cameron Young again. Oh, Cameron yeah. Young again. Well, and he just emerged like two months ago. Nobody knew his name until now. And now, if you don't know his name, you should because I think this dude's going to be there for a hot minute. Yeah, exactly. So going back to a couple of tweets from Max Homa, I was I was scrolling his Twitter, just finding some funny ones that caught my eye. Uh, this is a pretty good one. This is from January 31st of 2017. He said, had a few caddies hit me up recently hoping to team up. They heard they usually get weekends off, which is apparently a great selling point. <laughs> That's good. And, yeah. and it's just... That's the self-deprecating... Yeah, comments like that, where I, they're even more funny because... He, this dude's loaded. He's a great player. He knows it, but he's and he so he's being humble. But in his mind, he's like, "This is funny." Yeah, I know I'm not as be, you know, but it's a it's a good good chance for him to connect with people who I ha, you know we had a dude uh, at the golf course actually is the lady today at the golf course too. She was like, "I was in tears on Saturday. I almost quit the game." And she's a good <laughs> player, like under a ten handicap. Yeah. So this game will do that to you. Oh, Some 100%. You leave, this, leave the horse and you're like, this game is fucking stupid. Well, and that's what's even more impressive about what Max does. Because, like, when you own everything that you do wrong on the golf course, it, it can bury you. Like, it can beat you down to a pulp. Because you do so much bad, so many more bad things on the course than you do good things. You know, you, there's, you can always nitpick something no matter how good you play. So the fact that he can own all of his mistakes and still has, has the confidence to go out there and win, I would be, I mean, I'd be where I am right now, <laughs> which is not on the PGA Tour. So, I, yeah, like his mental fortitude to somehow be that self-deprecating but also have the confidence at the same time just doesn't compute with me. Like, I I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I've got I, I've, I have to think I'm the shit to be the shit. I've got and I don't self, think he does. I've got the self-deprecating card pretty down. Uh, <laughs> you do. When it comes you to own my golf it. game. Yeah, you own it. Uh, here's another tweet from 2019. I don't think I'd be nervous on the first tee at the Masters. It's always been a dream of mine to play in that tournament. I'd jump right past nervous and skip straight to violently ill, unfit to be in public. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think really anybody is prepared for the first tee at the Masters whenever, whenever yeah. you get there. I think it's still a surreal moment, like... Even if I wasn't playing in the Masters, just at Augusta, I think I'd be pretty fucking nervous. Yeah, so <laughs> this is this one's kind of funny because it hits home. 
Um, if my wife is listening, Kylie, I'm sorry, but this is her in a nutshell. So he goes, he's at the airport leaving for a tournament. He says, a husband at the airport just called out his wife for being too close to the line and confusing people who are ready to board. Huge win seeing as how this, this was many people's pet peeve. was great to see somebody stand up for the greater good of the group. He lost, though, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That, you, you never win that, no. that argument, especially in the airport, especially around traveling. Um, that was from 2018. Back all the way back to 2016, God bless the 16 handicapper giving his 18 handicapper friend swing lessons on the range. Yeah, that's but, that happens all the time. It's my absolute favorite. This one. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say he even another airport one was he tweeted about his wife booking him the middle seat after he had just won the Fortinet earlier this season, which was hilarious. He's like, I'm sitting in the middle seat and fucking coach probably on Southwest Airlines or who knows what airline, but not a great seat. And he just cashed over a million dollar check. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And then um, this is us in a nutshell. The golf off season is an interesting time because I want to get my game as sharp as possible and get prepared to win some tournaments, but also tequila sounds pretty good. Fact. Yeah. That sounds like a tweet for Allie. Oh, yeah. She is. She she likes tequila, tequila right? Tequila is not. Te- yeah. Yeah, yeah. loves <laughs> I, his tequila. Tequila is very good, but it doesn't. I don't think you can play really good golf and love tequila at that exact moment in time. Te- well, that, that's when you juke tequila over anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Tequila over sports. But I, see, tequila, I like that. dude, it's just my. Like, the second I take tequila, it's cooked. I'm cooked for the night. I am I am done with. I am not That's, expected. Was that the shot that we had at your um, your part your what your rehearsal rehearsal dinner? dinner? I think we took a shot at tequila, and that's when you went cross-eyed, and I had to drag you out of this bar. Quick question: How many tequila shots does it take for you guys to knock out? Probably three. No joke. I'd probably say four or five, maybe six, depending on the night. But you probably drink tequila like water, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's and that's by myself. What's your favorite tequila, Yaya? Uh, not sponsored, but if they want to sponsor me, of course. Blanco. I love Don Julio Blanco. Oh, okay. Don Julio. Okay, all right. So, are you a Reposado or a Anejo or? A... I'm not a Anejo, but I do appreciate the comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or what? What? What are the different kinds of tequila? Okay, what's the clear stuff? That's silver. Blanco. 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 Oh, okay, silver, okay. That's what I like. I like the silver. I like the uh, me- quick back Mexico tequila. is actually a lot less strong because uh, the government only allow, allows less alcohol in the tequila. Really? Oh, okay. Huh. Fun fact of the but day with Yaya. We always get fun facts Do you like mezcal? Uh, yeah. I've never actually, I don't know if I've ever had, me- isn't it like super smoky tequila? Yeah, it's super strong. It's yeah, like the I scotch would- version of tequila, correct? I think so. I went to a bar that was like a taco place down on Broadway, and it was just mezcal. Like, I thought it'd be like, okay, I can get a margarita here, and I was sorely wrong. And it was, like, so strong, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why? Yeah, it's like they're reinventing the wheel. Like, what's wrong with margaritas? What's yeah, wrong like, with tequila? I will say I love margaritas, but I don't the like... The heartburn, holy I don't like shit. tequila in any, like... Uh, tequila's other drink, anything else, like Sunrise, not for me. See, it's got a little bit of, like, salt to it for me, so I actually really like that. Like, I can I can do, like, tequila. I mean, I can... I don't really mix tequila, though. I just generally shoot it, squeeze a little lime. If you use training wheels, I feel bad for you because you got to grow out of that shit. You squeeze the lime in there. That's... Yeah, yeah, what's the, what do you think the proper way to have a shot of tequila is? You don't suck the lime, do you? Uh, no lime, just tequila, no salt. I like that. Yeah, see, no, no, no training wheels. He's hard. I'm not. Yeah, I'm see, soft. I'm soft I'll maybe go like a little bit of lime or salt on the rim, but lime gives me heartburn. For those of you who don't know, I'm like 75 years old. Uh, everything hurts me. Like I look at citrus. You don't pa- look a day over 80, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, like citrus really pains me. Um, anything like tomatoes fucked me up like italian food ruins me um so margaritas if i have like two i just lay in bed all night and feel like i'm about to vomit really see yeah. I, margaritas 
I am a salt fiend, as you know. Uh, you do have like an I, issue. I eat salt by itself. Yeah, I, I squeeze like a salt shaker. I've into seen my Spencer hand. take a grinder of salt and put it directly over his mouth. Yeah, I have done that, and that's Disgusting. why I, I think that's part of what, partly why I love margaritas so much because I love just licking the salt. But see, off the tequila kind of has that like salty aftertaste to me, so I think that I figured you would like that. Yeah, I mean, it's margaritas are. You're just soft. Yeah, I'm just very soft. Yeah. Spencer will drink whatever the fruitiest, which I actually respect because you own it. You will order whatever the fuck in a martini glass, well, a that, Mai Tai, no, that's like the some, fuck, that's the fuck, some, uh, some, uh, what are those like, key, key, uh, like uh, you'd order in a coconut. Oh, uh, a tiki. A tiki like a yeah, tiki a tiki. Ha- yeah. That like the ones that, uh, pony up, pony up. Yeah. yeah. You were, you will order the fruitiest drinks ever and they taste fire, but. I feel like you got to grow up a little bit and advance on to just some some hard liquor. Well, see, exactly that. Yeah. So you see, you don't have to see. I feel like you have to punish yourself a little bit. But I feel like it's fucked up when, like, I'll I'm a big vodka drinker. I'll order a drink at a bar that I think looks good, and they have to bring it in a fucking mart like a a fruit martini glass. glass. Like, just put it in a cup. And I'm going to start asking for that because I'm tired of, like, getting a drink and it being in, like, one of those little martini glasses. You can't or, have your cake and or, eat it, too, bro. If you're going on top of it. Like, just bring me those ingredients. If you're going to order a in fucking... In a beer mug. Oh, my God. If you're going to order a Cosmopolitan or some of that corny shit... I always stay away gonna, from those. You're going to get whatever... Oh, what's another... I mean, I'm sure any sort of fruit martini is your right up your alley. Espresso martinis are my jam. Espresso martinis are. I think the last one of those I had was right before I blacked out in Phoenix, so that that was a whole different story for another time. Um, But yeah, Max Homa, congrats to him. (laughs) Back on track, Max Homa. uh, One guy I want to talk about really quick before we move on, Jason Day. What the fuck? What What did he shoot? Like seventy nine on Saturday. He was. I I figured he'd run away with it. And old J Day would have. He done just that. doesn't have it anymore. I no. think that is it's one sad. of those guys. He was where nine under, and I think his closest competitor mid Friday. Oh, was, I did see that where he, he was, was completely like, off the first was, page of the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. He wow. was four. He had a four shot lead middle of Friday at some point. Dude, I really think he's got to change his swing. He's got to do something because his he's been doing the same shit for too long, and he's gotten older, and he can't get away with doing what he does to his lower back anymore. I think he's got too many problems there, and it, his swing just mechanically doesn't. He he won all these years beforehand in spite of his golf swing. Like if he really wants to get back to playing really good golf, I would recommend he goes and sees somebody else because his his swing is not repeatable enough. I mean, and that's crazy coming from a dude that he won. How many times he went on tour? Ten plus times, eight. 10, 12 times, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. And he, like, whenever he gets in contention, either he's got fucking, what is it? Uh, I was going to say Montezuma's Revenge, but that's just diarrhea. Uh, the spins. What what are the spins? I think there's, is this, I think the scientific term is just spins. No, the, he gets uh, uh, vertigo. vertigo. Oh, wow. There Good one. Go. Yeah, he gets vertigo. And I mean, obviously, that's not his fault. Uh, but then it's either that or it's his back, it's this, it's that. And he's always got these problems. It's like, dude, just go out and play golf. But I don't think – I think he's kind of done. I think his career is kind of cooked. It's sad because he's had I some, never really liked the guy. I don't know what – Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't. Like, he's not a – to me, he's not an unlikable guy. Like, just because he's not the – like, a darling. He's just kind of vanilla to me. Like, I like, I like some personality. He always seemed a little bit vanilla. Okay, that's fair. Well, before we get into talking about uh, Byron Nelson, uh, we're going to discuss this hilarious Monday qualifying story uh, for the result as a loss of a bet. Uh, Really get into uh, how funny it is that the fact that this even happened (laughs) and kind of how this came to happen. Uh, We want to tell you guys about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Our favorite sports book. Our favorite sports book, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And while the NBA playoffs are still going on, we know our Nuggets lost. It's sad. But when we were talking to you guys last week, we were excited to go to Avs game one. 
We thought they would have a tough series against Nashville. You know, Nashville buried us a they couple rolled. years ago. Uh, and now we're sitting here seven days later, and the series is already over. So we're already headed. We're on, on to round two. Or we're on to Cincinnati. Um, not really. We're <laughs> either St. Louis or Minnesota. St. Louis or Minnesota, and it's going to be great to beat them. So, but get into the NBA playoff action with DraftKings Sportsbook, which who's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. You can turn small bets into big paydays during and during the NBA playoffs with same game parlays. You can bet on total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and have a shot at a big payout. All customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs, and you get back $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So if you go two out of three, you're basically getting a two-leg parlay for up to $25 in free bets if that third leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNBR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Promo code DNBR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, I'm going to also attempt at telling you guys about our new favorite company here in on Big Drive Energy and do a better job than I did last week uh, with Manscaped. So we have our own code, by the way. If you guys are listening and... You've been trimming your balls lately in the shower. You're a little tired. You're late for work. You look down there. There's a there's a Trinity Forest growing. That's a shout out to a golf course in Texas. Our buddy works at. Von Miller was actually playing golf there today. Uh, you got a forest growing down there. Make sure to go over to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code BDE. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. BDE. That's big dick energy right there. Yes, you're you're getting big dick energy for. To, Big clean to dick energy. <laughs> BCDE. Yeah. But use that promo code BDE and you get 20% off your purchase over at Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is incredible. They It features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents because they have skin safe technology. My One of my favorite things about the Manscaped uh, blade and the, the razor is it has a light on it. Like that's fucking incredible. Like you normally, you know, you know, like sometimes I need a light to see, like if yeah. it's dis- if it disappears. Like I used to shave my balls. Like oh, with, it's still there with a headlamp on, <laughs> and now I just toss, you know, like you're mining for coal. Little lawnmower 4.0. It's got a light on Clutch. it. It's perfect. So get twenty percent off and free shipping with that code BDE at manscaped.com. Um, they're they're uh, what's it? Let me find this here. Oh fuck, we're going and we're doing it again. But the Performance Package 4.0 comes with a weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, the Lawnmower 4.0, crop reviving toner, provi- performance boxer brief, and a bag to hold the whole thing. So, to hold your bag? To hold your a bag to hold your stuff that cleans that, your bag. That holds your cleans bag. Cleans your ball bag. Yeah. I like that. Love it. So head over to Manscaped, use that code BDE, and you're getting 20% off and free shipping real quick i don't want to get graphic but is there anything worse than nick in your sack uh, like i don't think i've ever experienced anything worse it, than that it's a problem for a, and, it, and it just lingers yeah and it hurts and it itches yeah and that's why manscaped is goaded because you're not gonna nick your sack no i've even you're tried clean. i've been like all right i gotta really <laughs> test the waters here spencer took it in there like a knife like trying to stab himself no cuts couldn't no hurt nothing. himself it was great Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff over from the <laughs> from the homies at Manscaped. Love that. All right, before we get in, do you want to let's let's talk let's touch on this uh Monday qualifying. There's great stuff from them every week, but let's touch on this story a little bit. And Mitchell kind of go into what happened, why this guy ended up doing this, and then the reason he got in. Fake I mean, yeah, well so this dude lost a fantasy foot. Come to find out so I'll, I'll circle back here. Originally, somebody tweeted, uh, well, Monday Qualifier Info tweeted that these guys show up on the tee. It's supposed to be a threesome, and there's only two of them there. They're waiting on their third guy. They think he's, like, late, whatever. It turns, up, turns out he shows up to the wrong tee box. He goes to the first tee, proceeds to hit it 10 feet. Um, I think he was seven or eight over through three holes, and then... Uh, his caddy finally turned to the other guys and goes, I'm so sorry, guys. This is horrible. But this dude lost 
his fantasy football league, and the losing guy in this league had to sign up for the U.S. Open local qualifier and play in it, basically making a complete ass out of themselves, um, which I actually think is pretty fucking funny, and we'll get into some more of the, re- the replies and how people are all in their feelings about it, but yeah, he ended up shooting a 112, and the way you can get, like, people are like, how, how could he even get in there? He basically made a fake handicap, which any of us could probably do, you know? Like, you make, you sign up with a gin handicap, costs you 50 bucks. You go and enter fake scores. It pops up with a three hand, or two, three handicap. Because I think the limit to sign up for U.S. Open Local is like 3.2 or somewhere in that ballpark. But as long as you're under that, you can sign up. You just put that gin number in. And nobody knows the wiser if it's legit or not. Obviously, in this dude's case, it wasn't. So he creates a fake handicap, goes and plays in the U.S. Open local qualifier. And everybody on the internet was, like, up in arms about it. And so one of his playing partners tweeted um, that because everybody was, like, getting a kick out of it. Or the general public was. And he goes, I can tell you firsthand it was not fun, this and that, big dump in his pants. And then he proceeds to get dragged on Twitter. Uh, one dude was like, yeah, you were really in contention with your 81 that you shot, which was eight shots out of even tying for uh, a playoff for the qualifying. And then another dude said, I'm sure all your, your playing partners were real annoyed because the way they portrayed it was the group was really annoyed with the dude, which is somewhat fair. But as long as you're like, I've played with dudes that if sh- they're actual good players, they shoot 90 like it happens. If you, you play like shit, you play like shit. But if the guy was super slow, which I don't think he was, I haven't read anything about that. Um, I don't really think they're, I think it's fucking hilarious. Like I would, I would feel too bad to like put somebody else up to that, but I think it's great and it's ruthless from his buddies. And I don't know if there's anything more embarrassing than like stepping to the T and just fully well knowing that you're about to make a complete ass out of yourselves. Well, do you think so? You went full, full blown maniac last week on the pod about Tiger Woods, just kind of because you're a golf snob. Let's get it that way. Okay. All right. I can, disagree, but you can disagree, but we all know it's true. How would you feel if you were in that and had to play with that guy? I mean, it would be like I would think it's hilarious. I personally, but I would be a little bit distracted by it, but. I've played like shit in those things. Like, let's be real. Those dudes, like that one guy replied, dude shot 81 and he was like probably grinding over everything. You know, like he didn't shoot 67 and I'm not saying that makes that much of a difference. Like it's a respect factor. Yeah. But I'm saying, is that affecting, do you think the guy maybe that shot 81 would have played a little better if he wasn't playing with a guy shooting 112? Well, I think that's his problem. If he can't focus well enough. Like, everybody's played with those people that they don't want to play with. They either talk too much or they take too long. No matter what you're shooting, I don't really think it means... What you're shooting doesn't have as much to do with if you're fun to play golf with or not. Do you agree? Yes, and I think that's actually one of our uh, my biggest pet peeves. Not pet peeves, it's just more of a, an annoyance with people that are our friends. Not, and this is not saying this in a dick way, but I'm a quote-unquote golf professional, right? That is a very, very loose, loose term. term. Yeah. Wow. That was some little twin telepathy there. Uh, that's a very loose term for sure. But when other people are like, "Oh, you don't want to play golf with me. I'm horrible." I could give a fuck less. Yeah, I if really could. Fun. Yeah. You hang out with, and, and you don't take 25 minutes looking for your ball. If you hit a bad shot and you're like, "Fuck it, I'll drop one here. We'll move on to the next one." Yeah, I have no problem. Like you said, I actually enjoy playing with the people that take it less serious. So I don't have a problem with that. It's more about like if if there's groups stacking up behind you, like if this dude's taking forever, um, and it, I mean he finished the round. Like I'm shocked he didn't try to withdraw at nine. Like his that buddy's was probably, probably part of the bet. So yeah, had, exactly. You like you had to finish all eighteen. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of mixed responses on Twitter. Like, oh, I'm sure it really fucked up the group. Blah blah blah. And it's like lighten up a little bit. Like this dude. It's not like he's directly impeding your pros, your progress or your road to where you want to go. You know, like if it distra- if if it's that big of a deal, just pretend like it's not there. 
Like, you don't have to engulf yourself in it and, like, turn away when he's swinging. Like, no, it's not that big of a deal, in my opinion. But some people felt some type of way about it. And I guess, like, the thing is, too, you pay, like, three, 350 bucks to enter this. So it's not cheap, and it's not, like, I mean, that dude was clearly fucking around, but nobody else is there to fuck around. So, but take it as serious as you want. He can take it as serious as he wants. That's how I feel. Yeah. What do you th- like? Would you be annoyed? No. See, I'm. I'm very. You're a. Me- you're mentally just in a pretzel, anyways. So I think watching that would. Pro- I don't know if it would help you or hurt you. No, it honestly ha- like. I feel like sometimes I do play better golf when I'm playing with people that are better than me, and it, it pushes me to play a little better. It depends upon how serious the round is, whether how serious I take it or not. Yeah. And usually, if it's not. If it's a, a round for fun, it's not a, like an official tournament, and I start sucking wiener in the first three holes, <laughs> it I, I'm out anyways. So I'm like, from that point on, I'm like, dude, I just, you know, we may have to cut that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, like, I... Yeah, once you're out, you kind of just want to enjoy yourself. Right, and, and that, then I stop taking it so serious from that point on. I'm not looking for my balls forever. I'm not getting pissed off when I hit a bad shot. But when You're I, like one foot out the door. But already. when I am playing for money and getting to a point where I'm playing with better players, I do step my game up. But I also really do enjoy playing with people that just love playing golf and love and having don't a good care. time. Yeah. And they, I don't care if they fucking top it 10 straight times. The only thing that I I get secondhand uncomfortability when they get pissed off. I was, when yeah, other people I was get just pissed off, that. like if that dude shooting 112 was just like this. I suck. This is fantasy football <laughs> bet loss. Well, and like if, off, if you, you know? made a putt and he goes, nice putt, dude. Like if he was root, if he was basically like cheerleading for other guys, I think that's awesome. Like, yeah, I would have absolutely no problem. Yeah, with see, I would actually like that. It's all about your attitude. And I think that's what it really comes down to. Because there's been guys I play with that shoot four or five under par. I'm like, I never want to play golf with them again. They're terrible to play with, no matter how good you are. And then there's been players that shoot 100. And I'm like, I would... I would play golf with them seven days a week. So it's, I think we hit the nail on the head. It's more about the dude's attitude, which we really don't have any insight on. We don't know how he acted during the round, but I'm sure he couldn't be, he couldn't have been taking himself too seriously. No, there's no way because he's probably just like your weekend warrior guy. But imagine walking to the first tee and like he plays two holes and you feel like you're on punked a little bit. Like, you're like, is somebody like, fucking with is me? Is Ashton Kutcher here? Where yeah, is he coming out seriously. Of? Like, this dude hits it 10 feet off the first tee, and you can kind of tell when somebody looks like they might be good at golf or they're not. And I'm assuming this dude just showed up in, like, cargo shorts or... It was just either your, that or he went full out and, like, Like, tour. Like, tour out, visor, tour, yeah. fucking white belt, white shoes, pants... And then he goes and tops his first tee ball and makes like eight on the first hole, which is doable, by the way. I'm not covering my own ass here, but I was quick U.S. Open local story for you um, at the Broadmoor. I I was playing pretty well. I was one under through nine, and I didn't know it at the time, but one or one over ended up being what got in. So I I was one under on the turn. We go like give the score our numbers. I'm feeling good. And I was like, okay, let's fucking do this. I get on 10, hit my tee shot in the middle of the fairway, proceed to make, I trap hook a five iron over the, over the um, greenside bunker. It's up against like these ferns on the side of the fence line. Like I don't get a drop. I should have taken a drop. Long story short, I get penalized, end up making an eight. And I'm out of it right there. Like I cashed it in and I shot one. I think I shot like 44 on that next nine. Like, I went 35-44, and it was fucking terrible. Like, because I was waiting for a rules official. There was two groups in the fairway waiting for me. I was like, I would rather be anywhere but right here, right now. Like, just make me disappear. Yeah, I felt like complete dog shit. So quads are a very real thing. But then this dude probably makes, like, quad, quad. A good hole for him is a double, and you got to be like, what's this guy doing here? Yeah, yeah. So once once you get a little insight from his caddy, I think it's fucking funny. But at first, I'd be like, is this guy serious? Like, is he for real? Like, what a waste of money. Well, yeah, and we see that, and we've talked about it on this pod before. Just every week, there's somebody going out there shooting 100-plus on a Monday qualifier that just absolutely has no chance. It's like you feel bad for the people at the PAT, which is the player ability test, which you have to take to become a PGA professional. Not a hard thing at all. I had to shoot 75, 76 at... 
course, yeah, relatively even, like, for some people. Right, but I mean, it's not like like a U.S. Open local. You're probably it's set up as par. easy as possible. Yeah, like it's the uh, PAT. Like they want you to pass it, and those people that go in there knowing they're going to shoot 90, they're paying $100, $180 to shoot 90 and have to take it again. Yeah. And then the more you keep failing, that's painful. The worse The more it, it gets in your head. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. Sure. You got to overcome that shit. You, you passed it first time. Credit, I did. credit to you. Credit to me. I just cheated on two holes. So. <laughs> Shut up. No, yeah, I was going to say. They're pretty strict about that. Uh, right? Yeah, they're probably out there. If you got to cheat in the PAT, you just flat out quit. Yeah, but I, I did have... <laughs> I did have one of the most outrageous comment that I've ever made, and I can't even talk about it in public or on Twitter um, or in on this pod. And no, it was unintentional, wasn't it? Was it? Complete, if I, well, yeah. If I remember it correctly. Unintentional comment, but about the most un, unbelievable thing I've ever said in my life. But you know, Which we, is saying something. We, but we move on. We move on, just uh, like 10 minutes ago. Just like we're moving on now <laughs> to our golf tip of the week. Yeah, look at that graphic. Golf tip of the day of, of the, the week. week, the day of the week, whatever. All right, Mitchell, what do you got for us? Um, so my golf tip this week doesn't really have anything to do necessarily with the golf. And for the record, this is how our golf tips of the week go. Like just like our, it's just like our TikTok. Which if you're not following it, follow us at Big Drive Energy on the TikTok. I know you're all sitting there scrolling late at night through videos. Just go. We give probably us a popped follow. up on a lot of people's for you pages. Yeah, we've been on a for you page or two. Uh, a lot of people come into the pro shop and comment. But these golf tips of the day, they're going to be like not just actual like golf. more etiquette type of like learning new like how to act on the course, th- different things like that. They're going to be semi funny in our eyes. If you don't think they're funny, then. Sorry. Fuck off. Um, fuck off, too. <laughs> but these golf tips are going to be more... These will help you enjoy your time more at a golf course and have everybody else enjoy you being there. Exactly. We're not going to get up and like show you where your position is at the top. No. You can hit us up for lessons for that. Yeah. You can pay us DMs hourly open on for that. Um, but no, my golf tip for today is in this day and age with our generation, nobody carries cash anymore. Like nobody, and there's to be fair, there's a lot of pe- places that don't take cash anymore. But whenever you go to a golf course, always have I would say somewhere in the twenty to forty dollar range on you in cash. And I'm talking ones, I'm talking fives, tens, like just kind of change. You don't, you know, or go go to the bartender ask for change. Um, but cash for a few things is is huge. Number one, the Bevcar lady. If you tip the BevCart lady cash the first time you see her, you throw her a five on two drinks, whatever. You toss her a five, she knows right off the bat. It's kind of like at a wedding. The bartender, you always try to take care of them first round, let them know who you are, so they know to take good care of you going forward. That BevCart lady sees you again, she goes, oh, they tipped me really well last time. I'm going to try to make it back around to them. And then you drop a a hint like, hopefully we'll see you again. And you know what I mean? Like come on back and that lady or whoever's on the beverage cart is going to be back at you in three or four holes ready with some fresh cocktails for you so that's huge taking care of the the bev cart bartender but then gambling with your buddies like everyone gets so sick of like oh what's your venmo send me a request you know just have the cash and it makes it feel like legit betting at that point you know like you have the cash in your hand sometimes venmo feels fake like it's not real money; it's like monopoly money a little bit. So you got that cat. You're handing that cash over. When you lose, it sucks. But when you win, there's like Michael Jordan. I think still has a five or a ten dollar bill like framed from a bet that he won against one of his teammates, like over a game of checkers or some shit. Be just because it, it's not about the money; it's about the pride of somebody handing you that money. So that's just the old school way to gamble, having cash on you. Um, and then also tip in the cart staff. You never know when you're going to need to tip the cart staff. You always want to take good care of them. And when you leave, I know this sounds like some Earth Day shit, you're leaving it a better place than you found it. Like you're tipping the bartenders, you're tipping the Bev cart chick, you're tipping the, the cart staff, and then you're gambling with your buddies, whatever. But everybody's going to want you to come back at that point. Yeah. So always bring cash. Don't be like, oh, what's your Venmo? That's kind of lame. So bring cash to the golf course. And actually, funny story about tipping uh, the Bev cart lady or, t- or you got going back to wedding. Uh, some of my buddies at my wedding 
apparently they uh, they know who they are if they're listening to this. Uh, they tipped the bartender at my wedding oh, in, in fucking gummies. weed gummies. Yeah. Probably. Well, I saw so, the one chick like drooling in the corner. She like. had to get carried out. They had to. <laughs> they had to flip bartenders. Yeah, they actually low key like ruined that wedding because the bar they were short staffed because that chick was cooked. Yeah, they tipped her in gummies. She ended up taking too many of them. Don't eat gummies at work. Like that's. I feel like that's basic human shit. Yeah, like, I, don't get high and go to work. Yeah, that's just a fairly simple scenario. I feel like people have gotten fired for that. Yeah. At uh, some point or another. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe just don't eat a, a weed gummy and don't tip people in marijuana. But, you know, they <laughs> it's were... It's a fire tip. They were from out of town. They it, they were at the dispensary. It's meant to be saved for later. Yeah. For sure. That's a tip for later, for sure. But, yeah, that girl decided she definitely didn't look right. Um, but I had also had like 12 Manhattans at that point. So I didn't really look Nobody right. Nobody looked right. Yeah. We were all kind of like looking in the mirror, um, taking one extra deep breath, like, fuck, where am I? Like, how did I get here? Kind of thing by the end of the night. Oh, exactly. Me stumbling to my hotel room. Horrible evening. Well, horrible evening post celebration. Like horrible end to the night. Yeah. And the next morning was also horrible, but it was, that's a wedding for you. Um, All right, let's talk a little bit about the Byron Nelson before we finish it up with a little fairway or four. So just give me a few guys this week, and we're gonna. I'm gonna save this. We're about a certain that I'll I'll remember the time that we're in for when you know because when you get hot when you've gotten hot with your golf picks before it's it's been a train wreck. So I'm logging (laughs) in a train wreck in a good way. It's like a train coming down the tracks. It's not gonna stop. Yeah, I I don't know. Well, so I'll let I'll let you take a look and I'll give mine. So a couple guys I like this week. This is a random dude. He's 27 years old. Hasn't won on the PGA Tour yet. A couple of big finishes this year. He always seems... Another guy that I just like, as I'm watching, you know, we watch every PGA Tour event start to finish, of course. And to, uh, a guy that's always a- up near the leaderboard. He was again this week, I think, finished T15, a non-impressive Sunday. Kurt Kitayama. He's got crazy odds. Like, just him... If you log into the DraftKings Sportsbook, just him to get in the top 20 is plus 500. Um, and to win the tournament, I believe he's plus, let me see. Plus 10,000. Plus 10,000. So that's that's big odds. Yeah, that's a guy that I'm looking towards this week. If you want a lamer pick, um, third best odds, Will Zalatoris. Uh, he's played here. He was actually a dude times. off the top of my head that I was like, I do like him this week just because. So these fairways are super wide, but it's all about controlling your ball in the fairway around the green on the green. Um, and Will Zalatoris, great ball striker. Um, obviously, the low hanging fruit of this tournament, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he's this plus was where 700. He, yeah, this, fuck that. You don't bet. You don't lay those kinds of odds on the PGA Tour for a winner. But this is the site of his first win on tour. That's got to mean something. Um, Sam Burns, plus 2,000, set this course record, I want to say, last year at TPC Craig Ranch. So uh, look out for him. And then any guy I like that just, like Jason Kokrak, bombs the shit out of it. Big wide fairways, long tee shots. Gonna, I mean, it plays more linksy. It plays a little bit, I think, or am I thinking of Trinity Forest? Either way, they're, no, they're very a, wide a, fairways. It's a good bomb. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another guy I like this week is Cameron Champ. He's sitting at plus 6,500 to yep. win it. So we're kind of going with the bomb, uh, the, the guys with the big drive energy, if you will. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I would definitely lean in that direction of guys that hit it further uh, to, to do well this week. So we shall see. Our official Big Bet Energy card will be out on our Instagram tomorrow. Wednesday uh, or today, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. Uh, post a lot of funny TikToks there. We post our Big Bad Energy card, just any other videos that we make. And we're going to be doing a lot of stuff live on Instagram, especially this summer. Golf season's almost back. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff live there and on our YouTube. So make sure you're liking and subscribing to that YouTube channel. All right, before we get out of here, a little fairway or four this week. Now, going back to last week, you absolutely cooked me, um, and so did... For the way you cook steak. The, yes, and so and did pork the public. Chops. yeah. And so getting to the results of that... Flat-out disrespect. Which it's not, but, you know, that's fine. I think it's a knock-until-you-try-a-thing, and I just I had never pork chops knocked. in the air fryer last night. Absolutely phenomenal. 
and I'm I'm a little biased towards how I cook my own food, but it was really good. Like you would have put that pork chop at any restaurant in Denver and not known how it was cooked, and you'd have been like, "This is a fire pork chop." I don't know about that. Um, so I actually didn't get cooked as bad as as your your you didn't have necessarily a take. Um, but my take was air fryer steaks and pork chops are not only acceptable, but actually fire and only 55% for and 45% fairway. So I think people are getting into the air fryer game, dude. I think the air fryer game is slowly, uh, I mean, it's obviously quickly growing because air fryers weren't a thing to have just for people at their houses 10 years ago, yeah. but air fryers are super multidimensional. You can cook anything in them and I think steaks are fine in there. Also, your take, the Maple Leafs are going to make a Stanley Cup run. Uh, they have to win the East in order to make this a true s- statement. Their series did look a little different when we talked last. Yes. Well, now it's 2-2. But you've seen... They're going to lose to the Lightning. Yeah, the Lightning are just... They, they're they're a classic, like, been there, done, done that, that team, yeah. and they, they're not scared of anyone. They're not scared of... They had me fooled So early. 80, 88% for that the Lightning are going to make Yeah, everybody so knew. Pe- people are with you. Yeah. All right. For my fairway or four this week, uh, this is something that it, it may be just me, and I, I think I've expressed this before to you at least, but is it fair to get annoyed every time your cell phone rings and somebody's calling you? Because I do. I know I absolutely hate when my cell phone rings because it's like, what does this person want? No, Unless that's it's fair like way. A quick, like, that's fair way for me. Like, how could anything be that pertinent? Like, unless you're dying, shoot me a text. I know, <laughs> dude, and that's how. Does that I sound am dark? Too. Like, no, that's I'm just not a big talker on the. It, it's so inconvenient because I'm always trying to do something, and even when I'm doing nothing, I'm trying to do nothing. I'm not trying to talk on the phone. Yeah, I'm trying to sit on the couch and do fucking nothing. Well, you and I have given, uh, have made the mistake of giving out our phone number, our cell phone number, to a lot of our members. Sorry if you guys are listening. You have our cell phone number. Delete it. Most of you are cool. <laughs> Most of you are cool, <laughs> but we. We'll get texts like, is the t-shirt There open? is a, a member, not to be named, that I've blocked. They, I don't think he knows he's blocked, but he's blocked. No, he's blocked on Mitchell's phone. But they'll text us at like 8 p.m. and be like, yo, can I get a 9 a.m. tea time tomorrow? It's like, dude, check the t-sheet. You think I tea- sit at the golf course and stare at the t-sheet? Yeah, the t-sheet's online for a reason. Yeah. We have these beautiful things called online tea times. They're on the website. Uh, you can go on online and make tea times. But I, yep. going back to my fairway or four, just... I, I absolutely cannot stand when my cell phone rings. That's fair. I can't. Yeah, I totally get that. It's just a natural reaction. You look and you're like, I have to... I. It's never a good time to talk to someone. You know what I mean? You always... It's always an inconvenient time. So, totally, totally fair away with that on... Um, agree with you. Good God. I just had a complete brain fart. Fairway. Fair, yeah, straight down the middle there. Um, so, my fairway or four... Uh, of course, I always kind of tied to sports, but our lovely boy, Nicole Jokic, won the MVP again this year, and a lot of media were feeling some type of way about it, including um, one guy that I w- really want to focus on who's just human scum that's the worst, in my opinion, so this is my favorite or four, Nick Wright is the worst media personality in sports. I think he's I don't I don't know of anybody more obnoxious and more willing to stand by dog shit takes than Nick Wright. His takes are so like it's almost Skip Bayless level, but even Skip has like a pedigree. Nick Wright is like 3 years into this and acting like his hot takes mean something. His hot, like, oh dude, I just want to like if I could fu- if I could punch any single person in the face, it'd be Nick Wright. I agree with you. And he is on the Skip Bayless level, but Skip Bayless almost, he's so, like, caught in his rut that he's just there, but it's his rut. Yeah. Like, Nick Wright doesn't like, have... Like, find a new... Nick Wright doesn't have a new slant, bro. Yeah. And he... But he, like you said, he just holds on to his horrible takes. There's so many videos of... And mostly it comes from the fandom of, like, for instance, for us, it's the Joel, it's the Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic MVP takes. Yeah. But for other fans that he's just spewed nonsense about, they're probably more privy to what he said because they it when it something directly affects you and your team or your favorite player like that, you take it into account more and hold on to it more. So like I, I didn't I didn't hate Colin Coward till he talked shit about Iowa football, and I still don't hate the guy because then he came back and said the Broncos were awesome, you know. So there's obviously if somebody has 
takes opposite of yours, you're not going to like it. But just the fact that he's not willing to bend the knee whatsoever. And, like, just the general disrespect. ESPN had a headline that said, should Nikola Jokic have won MVP? He won the MVP. They voted on that. Like, it's over. It's done with. What's the point in debating should have should he have won it? He won it. It's not up for debate anymore. Yeah, the debate So your takes are just year. fucking sorry at that point. Yeah, exactly. And he kept bringing it fucking night in, night out, week after week, and he's your MVP. So that was my fairway or four. I hate Nick Wright. He fucking sucks. I'm glad Vic Lombardi, our boy, gave him the work on altitude because he deserved yeah, it. Yeah, called him a dick in his DMs, got him on the show. Great job, Vic. Um, so make sure you check out those fairway or four polls every week on Twitter at Big Drive Energy. Uh, next week, we've got our big uh, DNVR and Big Drive Energy presents the spring shootout over at Spring Valley Golf Club. So make sure you get signed up for that four-person scramble. We've got a lot of fun games planned. we got a great tea gift for everyone that will be pretty exclusive to just if you're playing in the tournament. They actually got oh, delivered yeah. today, and they are fired. They look so, so sick. Make sure you're headed over to the DNVR.com and get yourself a foursome signed up. If you win the tournament, you'll be able to play in our ending event where we're only going to have three teams from each of our three tournaments. The winners of those are going to come to one-day event, and we're going to have like a match play style. It's going to be great, so make sure you check that out. Check us out on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to check it out. Check it out the check out the live version of it every Tuesday, five o'clock or five thirty, depending upon traffic for Mitchell. Yeah, um, down at the DNVR bar. Uh, we are going to enjoy the Byron Nelson this week. We've got uh, golf day on Monday. CGA. Uh, Colorado Golf Association's got their member play day. We're Cherry gonna, Creek Country we're Club. We're going to be playing a little Cherry Creek Country Club. New track for me. I've never played there, so excited to get out there. Me, Mitchell, What's RK. the course record? <laughs> What's the first team? What's the course record? <laughs> uh, me, RK, Hank, and Mitch are going to be out there at Cherry Creek, and then we're going to do a pod from there, uh, talking with the CGA guys, and have that interview for you next week, as well as the live show next Sunday for the PGA Championship, where we'll crown Tiger Woods the winner at Southern Hills. Shut up. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.